Hi, friends. Welcome to the Connected Families Podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Bellward. Our purpose in this podcast is to guide you to receive God's grace and truth and then to equip you to pass that grace and truth on to your children. Well, I can't wait for you to hear today's conversation. Three special people are joining me at the microphone to talk about how to use the Connected Families Framework with adult children, or in my case, teens about to leave for college. Not quite adults, but that's my story. Well, the framework guides us to communicate the messages. You are safe. You are loved. You are called and capable, and you are responsible. At Connected Families, everything we do guides parents to be equipped to communicate those messages to our younger children. Well, after many requests, we are going to apply these messages to adult children today. In order to have this conversation, I've invited Chad Hange, who is on the leadership team here at Connected Families, and two ladies who have become Connected Families parent coaches. Both of these women are wells of experience and knowledge. I can't wait for you to meet them. Well, Chad, welcome to the microphone. We'll bring you in first. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm really glad to be here and especially glad to be here with our two guests. So Becky and Deja. And uh, so I'll give a quick introduction to who they are, if that's okay. Yeah, please Uh, do. And then invite them in. And so uh, one of my favorite things to do at Connected Families is uh, to uh, lead the coaching certification program. And we've had a number of people come through and get certified as Connected Families parent coaches certified through us. And uh, Becky and Deja have come along and they don't fit necessarily the prototype of most of the coaches, which I think is fantastic. And that both of them came to Connected Families after their kids had mostly left the nest and are, are more in the parenting of adult kids and being grandparents as well. And so Deja has uh, eight kids and uh, Becky has four. And uh, we are so excited to have you both here. I guess I'd like to just get your voice in here and invite you to, to share just briefly about how did you hear about Connected Families and what drew you in to Connected Families at the stage of life that you found yourself uh, at that point? We'll just start with you, Becky. What, uh, how, did you, how did you hear about Connected Families and um, what drew you in? Well, I first heard Jim and Lynn Jackson speak on Focus on the Family in 2017. And I have a background in child development. I've been a preschool teacher and I've had a lot of experience with young children. And I just stopped the podcast and wrote down the framework because it just really spoke to how I felt (laughs) that children learn. And as a teacher, I felt that I needed to fill them you know, help them to be safe. And I'd be a trustworthy person is more the way I put it. And then of course, I went raising my own children. So I think I emailed you right away. And I said, could I do what you do? (laughs) And um, it took a couple of years, you know, I took all the courses, even though it's kind of weird, because I didn't have little kids at home to do it on, but I still, you know, got understanding in it. But it was really becoming a coach that helped me to put it all together. Yeah. And you're reaching out and saying, I just don't want to learn more about this from uh, a a distant perspective, but let me jump in and help other parents uh, grow in uh, in the framework as well. So fantastic. I remember, I mean, you were in our first cohort. So the first ever, you were guinea pigs of guinea pigs of trying to help us figure out what in the world we were doing and, and training other people. So, so glad you said yes to that. And Deja, you just graduated from our most recent Uh, cohort. How did you hear about Connected Families and what drew you in at your stage of life? Well, yes, you're right. I just heard about Connected Families as I was actually ending my time parenting. I was 
was only a year out from empty nesting, and that was about two and a half years ago when I first heard about it through a sermon story that was told by my pastor. And I don't remember the details of the story any longer, but I was so moved by the grace-filled response of the parent in that story that I took note of the source. I wrote it down right away. It was Jim Jackson and Connected Families. And when I went home, I uh, jotted that down and uh, looked it up, got connected to the newsletter, the emails. And from there, it was history. I just continued to be drawn into the framework and I could see how it was applying even in parenting my adult children. So that's what got me there. Chad, I can see why you thought Becky and DJ would just be fantastic people to bring on this podcast and talk about this. I know a wealth of experience parenting adult kids and kids of all ages now. Yeah. Right. I think that's one of the things that, that drew me to both of them is that they just have a a depth that um, was, uh, you know, I think important and a credibility too of walking through lots of parenting experiences and uh, kind of coming onto the, the other side of that in uh, launching their kids. Well, let's dive in. I know that we have a lot to talk about, and I have a lot of questions to ask them about parenting adult kids. And I, you know, as I think about this, I start to think, hey, well, once a parent, always a parent, but there are really different seasons of parenting. And it also just raises the question, when exactly do my kids become an adult? Is it when they leave the house? (laughs) All the things. But if I broke it down, I would say maybe the first season is is older high school. So, you know, what are some characteristics of parenting older high school? That's the stage that I'm in. I think that I'm working really hard to enable them to have the wisdom to be responsible for their life, have conversations to let them start making decisions. So they're pulling away from me. So it's starting to like, you know, we're working out these kinks of what it looks like to have more separation there. But then we go to the college stage. So let's see how many of you are have kids in the college stage right now. I do. Um, yeah. Chad I do. does. DJ does. Becky, do you? I have a son. My youngest is in grad school. So grad school. And he's already done the undergrad. Yeah. So Chad and DJ talk about the college stage and that season of parenting for just a second. Uh, that's an interesting season because I want to maintain that connection with my adult child and yet not be intrusive, that they don't feel like mom is butting in to where she does not belong. And sometimes that can be a challenge to maintain that connection and still let them be adults in that ever-growing and widening circle. Yeah, it's, it's like there's a dependency still, not yeah. completely independent. And I think the framework informs that pretty well in terms of me managing and dealing with my own emotions. You know, there's a lot of emotions when we send our oldest off to college. It's like, uh, I remember saying, Agreed. You know, the tears, yeah, the tears that you're seeing right <laughs> now are, are not sad tears, They although they, they kind of are. But if you were staying, I would be crying different kinds of tears, right? I mean, like, it's like, <laughs> we want you to, to go out. And yet it's a, it's an end of a, a season of life for us. So I think so many emotions yeah. uh, that, that go with that. Okay. So then the next season really is 
they're all independent. They're totally out the door. And so Becky, you're in that stage. Just what are some of the characteristics of that totally out stage? I guess a lot of it is that, you know, the work that you did ahead of time. I mean, I I think of, you know, preparing my kids when they were in high school. So then when they get out and they're in college and, and beyond that, I mean, you're just kind of benefiting from the fruit of that. You know, I thought a lot about when my kids were almost ready to graduate about what they needed, what skills they needed, because we actually lived overseas. So I was going to send my daughter half a world away on her own totally, but she didn't own new one person, but then that person ended up not going to the same college. So I feel like I was very proactive in preparing them, whether it be for their laundry, for their finances. My husband was really good at that. And we had to, you know, fill in those gaps and help them, you know, help to be the bridge from them going from, you know, high school to college and beyond. So, you know, when they get to that stage, it's then, you know, really, you just kind of step back and you can more mentor them. We're going to talk more about that. I love how you were just super intentional about that. Yeah, we're going to get to regrets, though, Becky, and DJ, <laughs> Chad, you know, and just working through all of that, because we, you know, we have things to be proud of, but there's heavy emotional things around it, too, that we want to talk about today. Let me ask you this. What makes it difficult to parent adult kids? Have there been surprises, things that you didn't expect? Deja, why don't you go first? You know, for me, it feels like or has felt like the stakes are higher. As our children have the opportunity to make decisions, which to me feel like they have potential for greater impact, whether good or bad. Decisions like choosing a spouse, adopting from foster care, or even questioning their faith in the midst of pain. You know, it's so easy for me to fall into thinking, what if, Mm. and yield to fear as a parent, even as a parent of adult children. So it's still important to me to pause and to be aware of what's going on in me as the parent. Oh, so you just said a connected families kind of trigger phrase. And that comes out of the foundational layer of the framework that you are safe with me. And that's that work. So you're telling me that you're still doing that what's going on in me work, even while you parent adult kids. Oh, my goodness, Stacy, that has been the key lesson that I have taken from connected families framework, whether I was parenting my senior in high school, when I first encountered it, or parenting adult kids, or even when I'm around grand kids. It's really always Mm. first what's going on in me so that then I can be intentional with purpose about how I want to respond to whatever's before me. And sometimes that's, that means not even responding. Oh, we're going to get to that. DJ. Uh, We are going to get there. (laughs) But I, I hope that our listeners take that as encouragement that the work that they're doing, no matter the age of their children is a work that as they get better at it, as they, you know, quickly go to what's going on in me before reacting, that's going to serve them their whole parenting life. And so that's encouragement to me. Chad, do you have any other thoughts on this? What has caught you by surprise? I think it's a double-sided coin. Really, the what makes it difficult is that you lose control. Uh, and at least mm-hmm. I think control is sometimes just a perception anyway, like I have more control than I actually do. But you kind of are launching kids or kids are out there now and they're doing life and you're kind of seeing what 
maybe they're deficient in or where you wish you had spent more time, or maybe they were unwilling to learn some things or just weren't at a place where what I was trying to teach is something they were receiving. But, you know, you want them to make the right choices. And like, I even know what all the right choices are. I, you know, I've just got to have this control sense. But there's also a freedom in that where it was like, done what I've done. I've done the best that I've known how to do. And now we're going to watch and see where things go from here. And I think there's a shift that takes place then from, you know, trying to, to be in the day in, day out sort of activities in life and decision-making to standing back and cheering, you know, and praying and praying and praying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> praying is- and praying. I hear that. I, that one is another one that we start when they're about a couple hours old and you never stop with that one. Do you? <laughs> yes. yeah. The praying intensifies though, because uh, I, I felt like when my kids were in my house, like I had more say, but when they're not and they're out and they're living life and doing the things, it's like, wow, I just don't know what's there. And so that feels like it was, uh, it, it, I think I pray more now for my kids than I did when, when I was raising. Yeah. Wow. That, that's good to prepare us with that. You, you talked about in a sense, just being kind of proud of how you raised your kids and like, Hey, I did what I did and I raised them and now I'm launching them and celebrating that. But it strikes me that that's kind of a double-edged thing because there's many people that look back and there's some pretty serious regrets and that can be really hard so for those parents that are dealing with those regrets, how have you guys dealt with the regrets? How have you worked through those things as you've thought back on your parenting? I, I don't know which one of you would like to answer that first. You know, there has to be not only grace for our kids, but grace for ourselves. And I've had to start talking to myself in more kind ways with regard to parenting. There's things I cannot go back and redo. Some things I cannot do a do-over that happened years ago, I can change me. I'm the only one I can change, right? In any season of life, really. So even being kind to myself, as I think about those things and remember that God is still sovereign and he's still at work in me and he's still at work in my children. In one sense, you have to kind of mourn maybe what you did and just kind of be sad about it for a little bit, but then realistically think, well, I'm not the worst parent that ever existed. You know, I, you know, there are a lot of things I did right and maybe build on those things, but you know, you do need to maybe apologize once in a while. Like, you know, if things come up when your kids are home that um, you can, kind of sense that, I mean, you can either do one of two things. You can either kind of step back like we're talking about, or you can react to it. Like, well, I don't deserve to be treated this way or whatever, but the better way is to step back. Like we've been saying, and just say, you know, what part did I have in this? Because, you know, maybe it's been a couple of years since your child lived in your home and that something comes out and it was from a past, you know, thing that happened or a pattern of behavior that you had in your home and you've grown, you've changed, you've moved on, but your child still thinks of you as the parent they had a couple of years ago. So there's, you just have to own what part of it is yours, but then go on from there and not stay there. Yeah, I think that's good insight. When apologizing, I think there's a, there's even a helpful way and an unhelpful way of kind of doing that. And depending on the relationship that you have with your adult child, it could go a lot of directions. But I, I think that sometimes parents feel so much regret that their apology is more groveling uh, and is more of a, I'm the worst parent ever and you deserve so much better than me. And this is what you got though. And so, and, and it almost puts the child, the adult child then into a position of having to comfort 
and and it's a neediness maybe that the parent has as opposed to an apology that just says you know what i was working hard and i'm not making excuses but i know i didn't do the thing all the things that you needed or i i messed up here and if i could do it over again this is how i wish i would have done that but it's not a it's not coming from a place of now now you need to tell me no you're a good parent no you're you're really good you were just fine you know i think that's a signal of uh, maybe a level of crossing over into an unhelpful apology uh, but i do think we can be pretty straightforward with our adult kids and say, look, <laughs> there are things that I, I wish I'd done differently. And, uh, and yet I'm proud of you. I love you. And uh, God is working all these things to, you know, to, to grow in us and, and, and help us move forward. So yeah, I think that's, that's one of the things that I sometimes will hear parents do. And it's actually something that is a default for me. I just want to, oh man, you deserve so much better than me, but it's not a helpful thing. And it's hard for your kids. I remember once, yeah, I was trying to apologize to my kid and my children. And evidently it had a little bit of that tone and their response to me was powerful. And I remember when, a, when my daughter said, mom, when you apologize like, like that, it makes me feel like, like, I'm not good enough. Like, like I'm defective because you parented that way. And wow, that was not the message that I wanted. So your point, Chad, is important as we work through these things. This leads me to, yeah, like there are conversations. There are times when your kids want to have a conversation with you about painful memories and it can feel very confrontational. They want to say, you didn't do things right. I'm hurt by the way that you did something or something went down. Becky, how should a parent deal with that? We know we've done a few things, you know, not great, but it's hard to hear it from your children. Well, I can remember one time after one of my sons was out of the house for two or three years, we were on a trip together, just the two of us. And um, I just made an innocent comment about something that, you know, happened in his high school years. And he just blew up at me. And I just, I was so shocked, but I just kept quiet and let him finish. And I think I went back to our room and I just cried. <laughs> and I was, you know, it was very hurtful. And I was upset, but I had to say, you know what, I instantly and instinctively knew why he said that. Because when he was in high school, I was very negative in a lot of ways and very critical. And he's the kind of child who picks up on all that kind of stuff. So he was looking at me as if I were this parent that he had left three years ago that, you know, was very negative. And I had learned, I had like grown and I wasn't in that place anymore, but he didn't know that. So I, I pray that I always pray now that I have time. Time helps a lot. And also I pray for opportunities to make things right with my kids. So in this instance, I came back and I just, I, you know, asked him some questions of, you know, why, and I didn't try not to be angry with him. And I knew that he knew that he hurt me, but, but I think it was a place where we could go from there and we could learn how to be different people with each other. Cause that's a, that's a big thing. Cause you, you all grow and change. You, you know, you're not the same person you were like when they were in high school. I think that's a really interesting point that you just made, Becky. And I wonder, DJ, what she would say about it. So you're not, you know, you're not living together, but you have all these old tapes of how your children are and were as they were growing up, but they're changing. And then they have the tapes of how you are as a parent, because you feel like you know each other so well, but as time goes on, it could be 15 years later, you know, you're all adults and living separately. How do you manage that element? of you are not the person that 
you were when you were 18 and left the home and vice versa. You know, Stacy, a friend recently said that our kids look through and interact with us using a lens of what they experienced of us when they were growing up. Right. And I had to pause and write that down because it was like, oh yeah, that's true. They have this lens, but Stacy, as you're talking, I'm even realizing, yeah, I have my own lens of how I see things. And, and I have to remember again, as I said earlier, that God is at work in us. And really it's a, for me, it's a work of my thinking, asking God to give me his lens for my children and pray that uh, they would have a different lens with which to see me as well. And then again, just continuing to work on connecting in ways that are helpful, that help them to build trust, to want to continue to interact with me in the future. Oh, really good. Okay. We're going to go to a commercial right now, but on the other side of the commercial, we're going to talk about building trust and building connection, especially maybe when there have been regrets or, you know, hard times that we walk through. How do we rebuild that and maintain connection? Hey friends, Stacy here. Would you let me toot our horn a minute? As far as the numbers of listeners and downloads, this Connected Families podcast is in the top 3% of all podcasts worldwide. (laughs) It's so cool. Well, if you know me, I love celebrating all wins, big and small, because it produces faster growth. So we are celebrating and proud of the work we're doing. I'm so proud of that data because it means that parents like you are receiving God's grace and truth, getting equipped, finding encouragement and tools to do the very hard job of parenting our children. Would you help me out? Sharing an episode, rating the podcast, writing a quick review or a question will cause the algorithms to align and save us marketing dollars. And if you hit subscribe, that's really gold. Well, we always love reading your feedback in the reviews because we consider you one of us and it makes the show better. I'm so excited for all the podcasts we have planned for 2022. Great topics and guests that will encourage you and equip you. So we're thankful that you are in our community. Thank you for reviewing, subscribing, and passing this podcast on to a friend. All right, everybody, we are back from the commercial and we have done some good work in our conversation around how to be safe for our adult children. And so I want to move past that. And if I was thinking through the framework, I'd say, you know, we're we're going to the level of connection and the message you are, you are loved no matter what. And so my question to the three of you is how do you build connection? with an adult child. You might have a great relationship with that child, or it could be in a not great spot. It could be, you know, stressed right now, but what are some ideas around how you grow connection? So Stacy, one of the things that has really become significant to me in recent years is really wanting to learn more about my children, what their wiring is, because I used to think that the way I think is the way everybody thinks, but I know that's, that's not true. Are you saying that's not true, DJ? <laughs> Surprise, we, shock, right, Chad? We may have identified one of my core issues here. <laughs> now that I've recognized that, it really has been enlightening to me to think about Okay, so I have a child, for example, who loves to play games. He is all about fun and games. And so 
one of the ways that I can be intentional about interacting is having those times when we are sitting at the table playing a game, even one that I may not like, but my husband and he really enjoy. That's one way to connect. Or I have another daughter who just prefers, you know, some, she's not as much of an extrovert and it's important for her to have some uh, more quiet times. I love doing walk and talks with some of my kids and listening and asking questions. But then again, being careful that those questions are not going to feel like a machine gun, but rather just a time where we can have that opportunity one-on-one to connect. But it really depends on what it is that individual child needs. And then I need to listen well. Teacher. What would you say to that parent who has a very strained relationship with one of their children? Do you have any thoughts on connecting with that child? It's not easy, Stacy. Mm-hmm. And earlier I said, you know, I can only change me. Mm-hmm. So I want to keep in mind that it's important to love them in ways that they will feel loved. But then also I, I try to not take things Personally, if I'm trying to make connections and it seems rejected, I just keep on trying. Don't give up. Keep on loving just the way our our Father in Heaven uh, does for us. Mm, yeah, that's good. Becky, what are ways that you have built connection with your adult kids? Well, none of my adult kids live near us. So they're all spread out all over the country. And so we have to really work at it. We have really fun trips. We live in a resort community, so it's really fun to invite them here. And we have actually, since their age is like 25 to 35, they we've kind of worked through some things over time. So we're kind of at a really good place now. But in the past, it's been, you know, just asking them what they want to do, where they want to go. And we try to, you know, now some of them have kids and we will watch their kids so they can go out. Because it's been very important for us to have our kids like each other and to get along. And actually one of our sons, he found some article that said people who have good relationships with their siblings live longer and are happy. So he set an alarm on his phone and, you know, he calls all his siblings and my mom who's still, still alive. And sometimes I just sit back in awe at my kids and I don't have to be the one doing it. I can just encourage them to be good friends together. And I think that I maybe am connected in some way, but they're connected to each other. And that was always really important to me as our kids grew up to to have them be close to each other. So that's been very rewarding. They do fantasy football, like my husband and my son sure. are talking. I have a daughter and three sons. So a lot of lot of sports stuff and, you know, that kind of thing. And, and so I do rely so on my t- husband too. I think maybe that's another thing we haven't, you know, talked about is that there is often another spouse that can take some of the connection and and use it in a way you can't. Becky, you mentioned in there that you've worked through a lot of stuff with your adult kids. Can you just tell us really quickly, what do you mean by that? What did that look like? I really don't like conflict. And so like, I'm talking more, I think of conflict between my kids, because they, you know, they're all married now, but they have just different views, like, like DJ was saying, they all have different personalities. And I always felt like I had to be the one to make them all feel good and all feel better. And there's some things that I can do to foster that, like, point them to, oh, your sister loves you, your brother really cares about you and look what they did and, and all that. But, you know, a lot of prayer, I try not to go to extreme thinking of, you know, they're never going to get along, they're never going to, you know, I, I just have learned that it's never too late 
to repair a relationship that, but sometimes it does take time and you, you just have to be a good observer of what your kids are going through and who they are and how they're growing and changing and just really pay close attention. That's good. I want to get to some really practical questions, you guys. So here's, here's the question. How do you interact with your kids when you know, you know, you know that they've made a bad decision? Maybe they've taken too big of a mortgage that you just think that they're going to be swimming in debt or they're starting to date and get close to maybe engagement with someone that you just have red flags. What do you do with that? Chad? Deja? <laughs> Good move. You know, I think that one of the things, well, Becky, you mentioned, you know, our husbands can be instrumental in our lives. And one of the things I've really learned from my husband and my mother-in-law is don't give unsolicited advice. Mm. And there are times when we want to say things because we are really concerned for them about a particular decision. Sometimes you can ask them, do you want some of my input here? And they may say no. And we have to be careful with that. I remember a quote I, from one of the Connected Families classes that you know, sometimes lessons have to be earned before they're learned. And so while that's hard for me as a parent, and I want to rush in to protect and to rescue, that's really not my role anymore. And so I ask permission. Well, let me rephrase that. If my children are listening, they know sometimes I haven't asked permission. (laughs) 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 But I'm trying to learn to do that more because I want to respect who they are and their adulthood. I think that's a Stacey Bellward quote that you you just offered up there. What do you have to say about that, Stacey? Oh, man. Wisdom is earned. Yes, that's for sure. And then it's it's for them. And it just speaks to... I am just struck over and over again in this podcast that the muscles, the parenting muscles that we're growing as we're learning the podcast and using for small kids, they don't end. It's the same thing. You just talked about the giving of advice and the telling, telling, telling. And so even when you have a six-year-old, you know, that's, that's not necessarily growing wisdom when you use it, you know, if you use it all the time. We're working to grow wisdom. And it's the same when you have a 25 year old or 40 year old or whatever, all, you know, any age. So giving advice is a rough one. It's one that adult parents, parents of adult children should hold back on. Do you have any thoughts on that, Becky? I am just saying focus is fertilizer, give affirmation, just, you know, even write down some things that you see in them, whether maybe they just have a job or something, you know, just that they're engaged productively in a a career or something, or just, you know, and just focus on that. I actually, you know, to make myself healthier, I've tried to, you know, be an interesting person, try to do things that my kids will see, wow, mom could do that, you know, so I, I think there's a little bit of a dynamic in that. Another thing that that really, really helped me was I, I have a group of friends and we started praying for each other. We call them praying grandmas. You have to have a grandma to be in it. There's five of us. We just support each other. And sometimes we see each other's blind spots. And it took about a year before we meet monthly and we pray together. And it took about a year before we really bonded and that we could, uh, you know, tell each other hard things. And now we do it all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, it's kind of like what we're doing today. We're kind of brainstorming. We're thinking. Yeah. 
we're sharing ideas and that's that's what we do. So I think the healthier you can get in that respect, you don't then you don't talk to your kids and give them advice. You tell your friends what you're upset about instead okay. of expressing it to your kids right away. Well, I and I loved what you said, good. focus is fertilizer. Stay connected in the small things, right? So so sending memes, uh, laughing, a text uh, on occasion, the, the, the fun things of life. So we're not just talking to our kids when we see there's a problem. And so I, I think that that's, that's a relational piece. We just want to stay connected on the light things. And sometimes we might think all we're doing is light kinds of things. Where when do we get to talk about the, you know, the big meaty stuff and that sort of thing? That might be a while depending on the relationship that you have with the child, how much safety, emotional safety there is there and uh, kind of dealing with some past wounds, but also recognizing that God is working in those connection pieces. And, and so we're prayerful. Uh, we're not bringing our complaints to our kids or our worries to our kids. Becky, a good example of talking to other people about that. And one of the things that I would do with my kids and I, I did when they were teenagers or early teens was just, I just asked the question, like if, if you started dating somebody that mom or I would have a concern about, would you want us to tell you something? Would you want us to say something or would you rather just have us like not say anything? And, and uh, they all, all three said, well, of course we would want you to say something if you were concerned about that. And so a little bit of even preparation. Like, hey, you know, you're out, you're living life, you're doing the thing, and we're proud of you, and we love you, and there are bumps all over the place in life, but we just trust that you're going to be able to navigate those things. If there's something that we're seeing, would you want us to say something, and how would you want us to do that? Like, what would that look like? So you're inviting permission as opposed to giving unsolicited or, this is just too big of a deal, I need to tell you this, or your life might get ruined, you know, sort of position that we find ourselves in. I, I love that preparation and just being so intentional. I can imagine having that conversation with older teenagers, even with college students, just asking them, how do you want me to engage with you at all of these different seasons that we started the podcast off with talking about? And, and in that way, we've, in, we've um, asked for permission for how to engage as far as the wisdom that we have. Such a good conversation today, Becky and Deja and Chad. I really appreciate it. I know that it was very useful to so many people. We love the framework. And I think one of the keys to the conversation today was just that the framework, it's useful no matter what stage we're parenting, isn't it? Can I just say one thing just in terms of the framework that uh, just to be explicit about, and maybe others would have a different perspective on this, but, but I think we're in the framework where we're talking about you're safe with me, you're loved no matter what, you're called and capable, and you're responsible. I would say that, that the very small percentage, if ever, am I into you're responsible for your actions. I am generally not holding my kids accountable to certain things. Now, if it's you know, somehow financial related and they, they were paying rent and they didn't pay. And there's some, some of that, but kids that are out and independent and living on their own really spend my time in you're, you're safe with me, you're loved no matter what, and you're called and capable and called and capable is really about affirmation, encouragement. So looking through the lens of the framework, I can hear parents say, well, when do we get to correction? <laughs> I would say that mostly we don't. So I don't know if other people would agree or, or have a different perspective, but I wanted to try to make that as clear as I, as I can. That's a really good 
explanation of parenting adult kids through the framework. So thanks for Chad. And I think that's a great way to end our podcast today. Becky and Deja, I just appreciate you coming and sharing your stories and just being present for our conversation today, uh, sharing your wisdom so that all of us who are behind you in the parenting journey can learn from you. We, I just say thank you to you for doing that. Thank you, Stacy, for inviting us to join you today. You're welcome. This has been a joy to share what we know and, and um, just help anybody else. So I want everyone to know these ladies are Connected Families parent coaches. And so feel free to connect with them if you are looking for one-to-one parent coaching. We want to hear from you. What did you find helpful from today's episode? Let us know by sharing a comment and please subscribe or share this episode with a friend. It helps others find us more easily. Well, I'm glad you joined us today. For all the information, go to connectedfamilies.org. I will see you next time.